really organically, really like spontaneously. It's not just going in there and making a noise, folks. <laughs> the Classic Rock Files with Kelly Parker and Mike Young. Hi, Mike. Hi, Kelly. God, it's been a long time. It's been like a week. It's been a long time since I've heard your wonderful voice in my ears and face. That's uncomfortable. So let's just jump right in here. Uh, fresh off the uh, news of the least rock and roll injury ever when Brian May admitted a couple of weeks ago that he ripped his buttock doing some over-enthusiastic gardening. If ever there was a chance for you to lie to make it a little more rock and roll, that was the opportunity, yet he did not do it. It doesn't get the prize for the uh, least exciting injury of all time. That still goes to Manitoba's Dustin Penner, who hurt himself eating pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, yeah. But at least... This uh, is number two, though, I think. Yeah. <laughs> this might be number two. But if you're in rock, like even with Axel and uh, Dave Grohl, when they broke their legs and they both used the same throne on stage, like that's a, that's a rock and roll injury and they handled it in a rock and roll way. If I'm Brian May, I don't say that I rip my buttock there's no over-enthusiastically gardening. There's no way to get one of those inflatable cushions you sit on when you have a torn buttock that, that's rock and roll, you know? <laughs> like Tom used in Mexico. That's the right. Inflatable, yeah, that's not, no, you can't do that. On top of that, apparently, and maybe at the same time, depending on which story that you read, Brian May has said that he suffered a small heart attack, which left him very near death. Now I also have an issue with his description of both small heart attack and very near death. Those don't seem to fit together. I take issue with the fact he didn't call it a sheer heart attack and play well, into the band's history. Well, that again, would have been nice cross-branding, especially since he's alive and survived the heart incident he had. But even before that, so he had this butt injury you talked about, yep. the gluteus maximus, ripped apart. Yeah. And he was still, Exploded. He, still feeling pain for that. Yeah. And then apparently he gets diagnosed with a compressed sciatic nerve. Mm -hmm. So he's getting treatment for that. Mm -hmm. And then he has this heart attack. And the doctors say like, hey, we should go in and do some open heart surgery because he got some clogged arteries here. Yeah. And he says, oh, I'm going to pass on that. So he got three stents put in his heart uh -huh. instead. He's on. He's recovering, obviously, from all three things now. Yeah. What an odd quarantine period for Brian May. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of months ago, we brought you up to speed on the drama that was happening within Journey. Before the year started, let's remember that Journey was set to go on tour with the Pretenders this summer. All mm -hmm. was good in the world of Journey. Oh, yeah. Then it's revealed that this lawsuit is happening. Uh, Ross Valerie and Steve Smith, the uh, bassist and drummer, fired from the band after court documents, which were filed by Neil Schoen and keyboardist Jonathan Kane, accused the duo of launching... Remember this, a quote-unquote ill-conceived corporate coup d'etat um, <laughs> oh, yeah. in an effort to take control of the band's name. And then Ross Valerie countersued Sean and Kane, charging them last month with breach of contract and emotional distress. He was seeking past and future compensatory damages, while he also asked a judge to decide who has the right to use the band's name going forward. So... At that time, Journey has no more drummer. They have no more bass player. Mm -hmm. But Neil Schoen still wants to, as soon as he's able to get back out and going, get the Journey brand active again. And so they've hired a new bassist, drummer, and even a second keyboard player. At least two of them are people that uh, you know and have a great pedigree in the music business. First of all, Randy Jackson, dog, who you know, of course, from American Idol. But uh, also, the reason he's on American Idol, great producer, great bass player, I believe he might have played with Michael Jackson. He definitely played with Journey back in the mid-80s. He's got the goods. Yeah, he was on uh, 1986's Raised on Radio. Uh, just played on the one album, was with the band for a couple of years. 
in the late 80s. So mm-hmm. uh, that's an easy fit. Obviously, him and Neil are still close, and uh, he's looking for something to do because I don't think he's on American Idol anymore. Not Is that even a show? I don't know. I don't, I don't keep tabs on it. No. And then uh, the uh, new uh, drummer is Narada Michael Walden, and he has uh, played with a whole ton of people over the years, including Jeff Beck, Tommy Bolin, Robert Fripp. So he's got a nice rock and roll pedigree. And the keyboard player? Keyboard player is named Jason Derlatka. and okay, he, never heard of him. He is uh, a guy who played with Neil Schoen uh, and sang. He can sing as well. Okay. Uh, he sang some of the songs on Neil's Journey Through Time project when they played live. Ah, okay. Uh, so he can handle uh, some vocal duties as well. And he's also an Emmy-nominated composer. He's done stuff for TV shows like uh, House and Parenthood. Okay, so this is a strong lineup now. I just don't really understand why they announced it, because this will clearly be a touring lineup. Who knows when any anybody's going to tour. I don't know what the big hurry was to announce this. We talked about this a while ago. Was it uh, Dean Castronovo who was in Journey? Yeah. He was upset that he was never recognized as an official member despite being an official member. I vaguely remember We talked that. about that a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about... All of about the Journey drama just becomes a, a blur to me. But talking yeah, I... about him. So this way, you know, it's announced, it's written in stone. These are new official members of Journey. <laughs> okay. And they're not. Because they clearly won't be. They'll be touring members of Journey. Well, I mean, if they, maybe they'll do a new album. They have done with Arnold Pineda as singer. Yeah, well, They've done true. two records. So I mean, now's a perfect time to get in the studio and do something. So uh, we'll see if they actually write new music anytime soon. It's not going to stand up to the Steve Perry years. No. Uh, much like the stuff before Steve Perry doesn't stand up to the Steve Perry years. So <laughs> That's true, too. Steve Perry is Journey to me. Um, Neil Schoen, of course, is the guy who founded the band and yeah. continues to carry it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the world can hope that Steve and Neil get together one more time, but until then, we get this. Finally here, in spite of some uninformed comments he made in the media last week comparing COVID-19 to being, quote, just like the flu which is so three months ago, Sammy Hager. He's living on Cabo time. You know what? The news takes longer to get there. We'll give him that. Still one of the best guys in rock, and the quarantine sessions jams he's been releasing with The Circle have been wicked. So we thought we'd wrap up the pod today with a taste of what makes Sammy such a good guy. No BS. This is not a BS guy. He was asked in an interview if he would ever announce a farewell tour like Ozzy, like Kiss, like so many others. Here's how he responded. I have never announced my retirement, and I've never made a farewell tour, and I don't think I ever will. How about that? I just won't bother with all that. I just keep playing until I drop (laughs) or until I'm not good anymore. If I'm not any good anymore, then I'll say, well, i got to quit, and I won't go do a farewell tour because I I stink. I can't sing anymore. (laughs) I can't play. I can't jump around. I can't walk out on stage. You have to wheel me out. So guess what? I'm not doing a farewell tour. (laughs) See, now there's a guy, two things. The fact that he says, at some point, I'm going to stink. Right now, though, does not stink. But I appreciate his honesty. Just a good guy. I want to have tequila with him. Yeah, and I brought up the idea to me of, now here's the, the caveat here. Would you prefer that a guy stops on their own high note and says, I'm done, and I don't continue on and do any more shows? Or would you prefer that a band says, or a guy, or a gal, says, you know what? I'm going to go out on a farewell tour, even though it might not be the farewell tour, but they say, this is a farewell tour. I'm done after this. <laughs> even with the chance that, they might in three years say, I'm going back out on the road. I huh. feel good. Would you rather see a band at their highest point and then they walk away or have a nice announcement so that if you've been humming and hawing about seeing this group, you can get out and um, maybe have a little marketing speak to help you on your way? First of all, that's all those things usually are is marketing speak because they're, the farewell tours never seem to be the farewell tours. Second thing is, now they've got a new excuse. They could say, well, we're going out on tour, but remember what happened with the pandemic and it shut everything down. Who knows if it happens again? Maybe I won't get a chance to tour again so they can lean on that. 
The other thing is, if you've been humming and hawing about whether you finally want to go see a band, if they're getting to the point where they're getting old enough to maybe retire, that's on you if you're going to miss them. It doesn't have to be an old act, but because you, 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 you've seen countless times Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden, in their prime, Lane Staley and Kurt Cobain. Yeah. You know, anything could happen at any time. So if you love something, if you want to see something, if you're curious about something, go see it when you're able to. You yeah. know, chase that dragon, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Around the world, wherever you need to go to make sure that you are able to see these bands uh, when the opportunity presents itself. And, of course, this is coming from, I've seen so many shows, you've seen so many shows. We've both been huge concert guys for so long that I've seen most of the people that I want to see. But I haven't seen the Chili Peppers, for example. So if the Chili Peppers come back into town, if the Foo Fighters ever come back into town, like, I am there regardless of whether they're making noises about retiring or not. Just because, for whatever reason, I still haven't had a chance to see them but if Foo Fighters for example said here's the farewell tour that wouldn't make me want to see them more or less I, I'm just to the point where now I'm like how have I not seen these bands so far and I got to get to see them but it'd be nice if they announced the Chili Peppers said this is a farewell tour because you've had ample opportunities now to see them in Winnipeg and you haven't so this would be like this is the last chance Kelly Parker but we are playing Winnipeg we're playing Minneapolis and you have to travel to do it you know what in my defense the last time that uh, the Chili Peppers were here in town I was in Kansas City, seeing Roger Waters kick off the Us and Them tour. And how many times have you seen Roger Waters now? Well, the one that got postponed this later in this summer would have been my ninth. But I like him. That was on the Chili Peppers for booking at the same time as Roger Waters was going to be in Kansas City. Yeah, but you live here. Look, I've got my argument and I'm sticking with my argument. You'll, you'll get a chance to see the Chili Peppers. I believe yeah, exactly. that will happen for you. Now, speaking of Roger Waters, he's maybe done it the right way because what he said in this recent ish interview with Rolling Stone is he said, look, I've postponed my tour. Never said it was his final tour. But then when he postponed this summer, he said, look, I'm postponing till next summer. But if I can't do it next summer, if it's two years postponed, now I'm going to be 78, 79 years old. And I don't know that I'll be able to tour at that point. I like the way he walked the line on that one. That's the key right there. He's hedging his bets. Yeah, but he's not announcing it. You know, he's, he's just saying, it. he's just giving the people the idea that this could be his last tour. He's so just come out for me. I'm not saying it is my last tour, but it could be. So you might want to see me for the eighth, ninth, tenth time. If you're yes. Kelly Parker. Yes. For the first or the ninth time, I'm available to be seen. That's what he's saying. And he's just kind of telegraphing. He says, look, there's going to come a point where I can't walk back and forth on the stage and lift my arms in the air, which is now a big part of his show. And I think a lot of something that artists don't talk about, uh, we often hear about the money thing. That's the thing where, you know, a band will quit or whatever. Kiss is a prime example. Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. that band will, will stop. And then a couple years later, they'll come back. And yeah. farewell tour, no more. You know, we're back yeah, from the day. Sharon said. And money is always the thing. Well, these guys obviously need money, so they're heading back out on the road. Yeah. But sometimes it's, it's something different, and a lot of artists won't speak about it, but I know from listening to athletes talk about it, they find themselves in this, like, vicious cycle of, like, I don't feel good, so I'm going to stop or I'm going to retire. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you take some time off and you feel better. Maybe it's injuries, long, long-term injuries, something like that that's, that's stopping you from performing at a high level. And then you come back and you have something that's great, but then you feel good again and you're like, well, I can keep going here. Then they have another bad thing and it's like, oh, you know, I don't want to go out like that. Yeah. So then, you know, you work to come back and it becomes this vicious circle of like, when do I walk away? Because they're not mentally ready to. It's yeah. like 
you know, their voice or their body shutting down on them, but mentally in their brain, they're not ready to walk away. So they keep having this moment of like, well, you know, I've taken a couple years off. I, I feel better. I've healed my injuries. My voice sounds better than it has in years. I'm going to go back out on the road. And then by the time they get to the end of this tour, the same thing happens where they're broken down again. They decide to walk away. Because then, that's what touring does to you. You know, but when is the time to walk away? Unless you're mentally prepared, you can't shut it down. And Phil Sammy Collins. Hagar says like, I'm going to go and tell some, I can't go anymore. Until I realize that I suck on stage, and then I'm not going to subject you to a farewell tour where I suck on stage. But, but, but he has to say he sucks. You know, The audience could yeah. have said that five years previous. True enough. Phil Collins had it all covered. In 2000, he sort of put it all away, stopped touring, because he just couldn't handle the fame anymore. He was saying this in a recent interview. As a matter of fact, he had a girlfriend shortly after that in the early 2000s. He asked her to call him Philip. Because he just couldn't be Phil anymore. Then, of course, his health goes on him, and he can't drum at all. And then he goes, you know what? I'm going to come back. I'm going to I'm going to do another solo tour. So he does that even after his shoulders don't work anymore. And then he falls on his face, and now he does that whole tour sitting in a chair. And now they're talking about maybe a Genesis reunion for a tour. So he's covered the whole gamut. Yeah, you so rarely see someone just walk away in these types of entertainment industries where mm -hmm. they can just say. I'm retiring, I'm done. But it's so nice when you do. You look at film and acting, and there was supposed to be a new Ghostbusters film this year. And the one person that they couldn't get, or at least the rumors were, was Rick Moranis. And then it turns out, after all these years of quitting acting <laughs> yeah. to raise his kids, sure. it turns out that Disney maybe offered him enough to get him to come back for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, you know? Yeah. Like, this reboot that they're doing. It just never seems to stick. Steve Perry walked away from music, and everyone's like, mm -hmm. why, why? you sound so great, why'd you walk away? And then years later, it turns out there's this whole story about a woman he met, and mm -hmm. she got sick, and she died, and he lost his interest in everything to do with the music industry, not even listening to music much anymore. Yep. And then, out of the blue, he gets to this real this point in his mind mentally where he says, I'm back. Still hasn't done the live thing. Musically, he released a record. Here's the sweet spot. Giving it up. You do the press pre-tour and say, I'm really looking forward to this tour. This is going to be a great tour, but I really need to shut it down after the tour. And how long that is, I have no idea. Whether I'll be back, I have no idea. But man, am I looking forward to this tour. It's going to be fantastic. See, that way you leave all your doors open, but you haven't done what a certain hair metal band out of Los Angeles did involving blood in the contract. You haven't been definitive like yeah, that. Yeah, but then they blew it up. Yeah, but that wasn't a good enough payoff for going back on and your then word. the world said, oh, no, you didn't <laughs> blow that up. Yes, as we've been Contracts saying. Contracts are made to be stuck to. Then that's why we have coronavirus. Because no. Motley Crue toyed with the fates, and the fates said no. Look at all the literature on coronavirus and the pandemic. It came out in December. Coincidentally, or not, exactly when Motley went back on its word and blew up the desk with the contract. They might, it's like when they, and they get one of those monkey paws and you start making wishes on it and the fingers curl up. You know, every wish comes with a little bad side effect that you weren't thinking about when you made the wish. An evil jinn. Yeah. Or a genie for the... Yeah. Person. You can talk about your dark web and your conspiracy theories. I'd look directly at Motley Crue. This is a real conspiracy theory. Oh, hell yeah. That is the classic Rock Files, 94.3 The Drive music director, Mike Young. Thank you. Thank you.